Epiphany Fellowships podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. In the right king. Um, in October of 1991, a strong storm uh, the strongest um, in the history hit the coast of Massachusetts. This storm created almost an apocalyptic situation in the Atlantic o Ocean, where boats encountered waves of 100 feet. It's the equivalent of a 10-story building. The winds of, there were winds, you got me? There were winds of 120 miles an hour. While this storm may not have been a threat to land or the homes among the shore, it was, however, deadly to those men who were caught in the shipping and the fishing lane. Many of the families of this small fishing touring ground in Massachusetts suffered the loss of friends and family members. And this would go to uh, be remembered as the storm or the perfect storm. But I had a question, why, why would you call such a difficult time, a difficult moment in time, the perfect storm? How could you call something perfect when lives were taken? I did my research to figure out why one would call this the perfect storm. It, it's called the perfect storm not because of what it does. It's called the perfect storm because of how it's formed. Everything comes together to meet at a specific time and creates what is then a storm. For the super saved Christians in the house this morning, um, not every storm is designed by the devil. Here's something for free. Your theology is wrong. You've given the devil way too much credit. The truth of the matter is God is strong enough to hurl a storm, but he's also strong enough to keep me at, as I am in the storm. Let me say it one more time for those in the balcony because y'all ain't say nothing yet. I see you, Lee. The, 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 the God that I serve is strong enough, is powerful enough. You heard it sung in the song, just one look at him can change things. One word we see in Genesis sprouts up life. Which shows that he's strong enough to control a storm and he's also strong enough to control the ones in the storm. <laughs> Hear me. The perfect storm most times is God giving you a chance to exercise what it looks like to trust him. One more time. 
God most times is using the perfect storm to push sometimes toward you so that you push towards him. We, we see in this Anchor series, listen, I, I, I am a fan of my pastor, my spiritual father. I'm a fan of how he is working through Hebrews. It ain't easy. I'm going to just tell you that now. That's why I picked the passage in Samuel. <laughs> One day I'll get to the Hebrews and all this. I got a few little reps in Hebrews. That's it. But, 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 but we, what, is, what is true, the Anchor series has been anchored in truth. Y'all know that, right? Y'all know that every time somebody gets up here, they're going to give you truth, okay? Truth of God's word. It, it's, it's anchored in the truth of who God is. It's anchored in what Christ has done. It's anchored in who we are and also what we are called to do. You, uh, you heard it said just about every week that um, Jesus is better. Don't give up. But, but, but for a moment, I, I want to ask another question. What happens when the perfect storm comes? Knowing that Jesus is better and not to give up. What, what happens when I'm met with, when life brings me the heartache? What happens to me as the believer in that moment? What, what do I do? Let me, let me reach down, down the road for a second. So some of you could be a witness. Some of you could be a witness, but others of you just keep on living because life will bring storms your way. Winds will blow. The rains will beat upon the house. This is true. But you and I need to remember these, this simple truth. This is my little Easter speech this morning. I ain't got much for you. It's a lot and a little bit at the same time. What you and I need to know when life brings you the storm is Jesus is better. Don't give up. Y'all thought I was going to give you something new. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because the, the, the truth of the matter is... That, that theme is not just in Hebrews, it's in Scripture. Yeah. That, that Jesus has always been better. Yeah. And that you should not give up. What does it look like to not give up, though? I like to ask questions of the text. Because I, I, I sometimes be confused. Y'all can look at me funny like you want. I don't care. I don't know everything. But I'm going to have enough sense to ask. What does it look like to not give up? It, it, it looks like um, being anchored. If, if you're anchored, you, you won't give up because there's a foundation in which you build your life on. There's a hope that you put your faith in. All right, let, let, me, let me define the term anchored. What does it mean to be anchored? It, it, it's to make something or someone stay in one position. By fastening his or herself firmly. Now the question is, what have I set my life on that is firm? Y'all ready for it? Jesus. Because I said it before and I'll say it again. Jesus is better. And when you know Jesus is better and your hope is in Jesus 
you won't give up. Ah, oh, I told you, if you're looking for a mind-blowing moment, this is both simple gospel truth, but it's also deep and has much meaning to it. Jesus being the one in which we anchor our lives to gives us hope to say that this is not going to end with me dying from the thing because he's strong enough to keep me in it and even bring me out of it. Being anchored is the hope in. It is to be firm in. But I don't want you to rush by. I think I would be a fool, the scripture says, if I, if I rushed by it and said, everybody here is anchored in Jesus. I'd be a fool. Y'all probably talk about me. You probably already do. But you probably talk about me to your friends and say, I ain't anchored. What are you talking about? I ain't anchored in Jesus. Here's, here's how I know everybody's not anchored in Jesus. Um, you see here in the text uh, that there are some people who decide to um, move their anchor to somewhere else. All right, let, let, me, let, me, let me back up before I, before I get there. The, 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 here we, we are met, 1 Samuel chapter, or 1 Samuel is, is, is the, in the beginning, the, the, the first uh, chapter um, is this outworking of this man, Samuel. Samuel is, he is a prophet. He's a seer, he's a priest, he's a judge, he's a father. And I'm, let me just break those down just for you for a second. Prophet, he's, he is um, the one that uh, interceded for Israel. He, he, also, um, he also was given prophecy from Yahweh to then give to uh, the people of Israel. And so th that's, his, that's his, his, his prophet seer role. But then he's also a priest. First uh, Samuel chapter seven, Samuel offers a burnt, a whole burnt offering for the people. Y'all stay with me. Stay with me. He, he's he's a priest. He he's also a judge. Samuel, First Samuel chapter seventeen, verse I mean chapter seven, verse fifteen and seventeen records that he is judged that he judged Israel all the days of his life. Um, but uh, like Samuel. Um, and, and were like me, Samuel's a father. Samuel's the father of, of two sons. He's a, he's, a, he's a father of Joel and Abijah. Um, and uh, just let's just say, um, if Samuel walked with uh, God, uh, his sons didn't. It, they, they weren't, the, um, the, the, some of the parents laughed because, you know, you, when you got kids, you're just like, just, can you please? I'm just trying to help you to, to walk faithfully and humbly with your God. Just, can you, can you please? Just follow after me as I follow Christ, right? Um, um, but, 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 but that's what Samuel did. Samuel lived in this way. He, he honored God. He walked with God. But, but rather than following the footsteps of their father, they followed the footsteps of Eli's sons. Eli, if you don't know, if you just go back, just read for Samuel. It's a beautiful book. But but Eli's sons, they um, uh, they was wilding too. They they was they was uh, what you call bugging. They was they was 
they was bugging. And um, rather than um, seeing like the stories of what happened to them, Samuel's sons was like, yup, we want that too. <laughs> and, 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 and here's what happened because Samuel, ah, this, this is hard. You, you know what happens when you forfeit um, um, character and competency? You get a mess. Samuel, these were his sons, and and if Samuel had to had evaluated who his sons were, he probably would have never put them as judges. Because look what happens when he puts them as judge. It says in verse three, however, his sons did not walk in his way. They turned towards dishonest profit. They took bribes and perverted justice. Because they did not follow their, their father's footsteps, the word got around and eventually got to Samuel. And look what happens in verse 4. It says, the elders came to Sam and, uh, and Ramah and said, yep, my boy, you old. Now, what that got to do with anything? Why you got to blast me for being old? You could have just came and told me my sons was, was wild enough. But he says, what it's showing is, man, hey, um. Stuff is getting by you. Your sons is wowing out. And uh, it don't look like you're doing anything about it. Watch, watch what they, they say to him. They say, because your sons don't walk in your way, in the same way you walk humbly with your God, um, give us a king. Give us a king who would judge us. This is the part I hate. The same as all the other nations. I didn't say I didn't get the chance to say this in, in first service. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, it's not in my notes either. But um, just because somebody else is doing it, don't mean you need to be a part of that thing too. You, you, you know, you know, our issue is we have FOMO, but we don't know what's attached to what those people have. <laughs> We, we, we like, hey, look like they live in life. <laughs> let me, let get, you know what? I know where I am, but uh, I need, I need that ministry over there. Give me, give me that ministry. And you don't know what's attached to that ministry. I'm getting ahead of myself, but, 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 but they, they say, hey man, Sammy, give me a king. Give us a king. We want a king. We want a king. Your sons is bugging. Give us a king. To judge over us like all the other nations. Watch verse 6. When they said, give us a king uh, to judge us, Samuel considered their demand as wrong. And so he prayed to the Lord. Do you see it? Do, do you see the difference? Do y'all? You, you see it? How it was discerned? Both parties evaluate the situation, but the decisions that are made are different. Before I show you the differences, let me let me just let's work through the, this idea of discernment. Let, let's let's work through it real quick. Let's define the term so we're all on the same page. Okay, here it is. Discernment is the sound judgment which makes possible the distinguishing of good from evil, the recognition of God's right ways for His people. I like the way uh, y'all know um, we got the big bishop, 
So he always got his own definitions. And so I'm going to read that for y'all too, okay? Here, here's here's Pastor definition. Here, here it is. He said, it's the ability to take the truth of God's word and use its wisdom as a tool. It's a tool to knowing who and what to keep out and who and what to let in. <laughs> now that you see what discernment is, do you see who discerned the right way? Watch it, watch it. It says, Samuel considered their demand as wrong. The elders see that there are judges in Beersheba. I wish I could get to that, but I can't. It's not because I don't know. It's because I don't have time. He, they're judges in Beersheba, and they say, hey, they're profiting. They're lacing their own pockets. They say, hey, we want them out. But we also want a new king. Samuel hears this and says, I just don't think that's right. I, I, something in my spirit. Y'all know, know those type of people. Something in my spirit just ain't right. You know, that could mean two things. But go with the one that, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um. Samuel says, this ain't right. Ain't my spirit. Let me talk to God. Many of us see the wrong and the difficulty of, of life, and, and we make a decision without any guidance seeking. And some of us don't even, um, ah, it's, the, it's the hard part, don't even have the patience to wait to hear from God. Because I know, I know y'all saved, y'all saved, folks. Y'all saved. I know y'all are. Because this morning you woke up and you said, Lord, blue shirt or yellow shirt? <laughs> you, you got up this morning and you said, Lord, breakfast sandwich or chicken and waffles? I, I, see, see, I knew it. So this, this, I said this one in, in first service. I'm going to say it again. I, I like this one. Some of y'all, y'all got it like that. So y'all said, Mercedes Benz or Maserati? <laughs> you, you know, y'all rolling down. Amen. Right? But, but, but I know y'all y'all saying, Man, I asked the Lord. I even asked him for the small things. Turkey bacon or pork bacon? <laughs> Links of patties. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. All right. <laughs> but, but, but watch this. Um, we do that, but some of us will make our requests or ask the Lord to, to tell us, but we're not slow enough to hear what he actually has to say. Because you know what you did? You said, blue or yellow shirt? You said, blue shirt, blue shirt. <laughs> you, you decided to ask him just so you can verify or, or get some type of clearance, just so you can make your own decision. <laughs> now, now, clothes and, and food and cars, that's, that's small. But we, we make decisions like that in life. Yeah. Where, we, where we say, Lord, I, I, I'm like... 
I, I really don't want to forgive this person. Should I forgive him? All right, you said no, I'm going my way. <laughs> Samuel, it's not like the elders of Israel. He slows down enough to assess that what I'm feeling, I need to make sure it's right on God's end. Can I, can, I, can, I, uh, can I share something with you? Some of us are like that where, where we go to God, but um, we, we um, how do I say this? One, we don't have, we don't have the patience. We don't have the patience. We, 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 we don't have the patience to wait on God's answer. But some of us, we, we feel, have that feeling and we, write, we, we might be right about the thing. Um, but we don't come with like a humility in the situation. Like let God confirm what you feel even if it's right. He still needs you not watch this. You should give him what's rightfully his. The ability to give you wisdom in a circumstance or in a situation. Samuel says I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to seek him. For guidance, I'm going to be patient to hear him. Um, Samuel takes his uneasiness and his uneasy feeling to the Lord. Samuel needs to, to make sure that what he feels is aligned with the one who has always been in control. Look what happens next. When Samuel obeys God, look what happens next. The Lord told him to listen to the people and everything they say to you. Some of us just run with our feelings, and uh, we just like, hey, you know, feel this way. Let me do it. Samuel says, no, I'm going to take my feelings to the Lord, see if I'm right, and then move from there. He does that, and the Lord says, hey, man, let me, let me, let me affirm you. Bruh, they are tripping. You're absolutely right. Them elders, they shouldn't have came to you and asked you for no king. That's not, that was not wise. But, but look, look, look what else he says. Listen to everything the people say to you. Then he says, now let me humble you for a second. In case you thought this was about you, my boy, it's not. In case, in case you thought that at, 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 at one point, at one millisecond in your life that they were doing something to you, let me tell you something. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me as their king. <laughs> Do you see how important it is to take what you feel, what you have assessed about a situation, to God? Maybe y'all don't see it yet because I, I, didn't, I didn't get to what actually happens. It's, it, it's okay. It, 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 he says, they reject me, Samuel. I know you've, you've, you've been a part of them getting um, uh, um, uh, all the things they need, hearing from me, all, you know, you, you've been a part of that. But they are not rejecting you. It's never been about you. It's always been about whether or not they was going to accept me or reject me. Here's what's interesting, and I forgot to say it, that they're asking for another king as all the other 
nation or asking for a king as all the other nations. But they didn't understand that they were actually the people who were set apart from everybody else. Why are set apart people asking for what everybody else has? To be set apart literally means it's exclusive to you. Why would you look for somebody else's possession? Why would you want somebody else's king? Why, why, why? Here's my issue with the Israelites. They should have known better to allow their emotions to determine and to make them run on the decision of giving them a king. Here's, here's why they should have known better. Number one, the Lord brought them out of Egypt. I mean, what else do you want? You're not slaves anymore. Okay, y'all think that one's, that, that, okay. He creates a strong wind that made a path for Israel to go through the sea. Exodus chapter 14. Watch this. Exodus chapter 15. He makes bitter waters sweet and drinkable. These are, like, I mean, like, this is who they are turning their back on for an earthly king. I'll give you more. Literally, Exodus chapter 17 hits a rock. Now, you try to go hit a rock out here. Let me know what happens. Hits a rock, water comes out. Here it is, another one. The ground. I mean, like, just think of filled up his potholes and then think larger. The ground opens up and swallows Korah. I, I got some more. He gets them through all of the judges. I mean, like, now these are just small, like, these are some of the reasons. There's so many more reasons, okay? Um, he gets them to the promised land. Here, this is what I really like. He doesn't wipe them out due to all the blatant rebellion that they have displayed. But rather than reflecting on the goodness and the care of their God, they turn their back on him once again. I could have dealt, and, and they could have gone to God and say, hey, Lord, I'm going to do it anyway. But Beersheba is not even, it was newly developed. Like, like it was, the population was maybe like 200. These two young fools were over this small space. All you had to do was say, hey, Sam, your sons is wilding. Can you tell the Lord to provide another judge for us just so they can reign over this one area? They say, forget judges. Forget you, Samuel. Give us a king. Watch this. What they're ultimately saying is, forget all y'all. Sam, forget you and forget the God you about to go tell. Because we want somebody who can reign here on earth. 
you see it? Here's the thing. Many of us think we're Samuel and we go to God with the, with the unsettled thing. But we're not. We're the elders of Israel. We've taken spaces that God ultimately should always occupy and filled small kings into those places. And the, the, here it is. You're looking at the Israel and you're saying, oh, my God, they're so wicked. But some of us, some of us function the same way that the elders of Israel function. And, and here it is. What are they sacrificing? What are they rejecting the, the true king of kings for? A better army? Is that what you want? Because last time I checked, my Bible says no weapon formed against me. No means no. Not any army or weapon can form against me to take me over because my God is stronger than any army. But that's what you want. You want something that you can feel. You want something that you can touch. You can see with your eyes. You can smell. But when you're looking and reaching for that, you are rejecting the one who brought you out of Israel. <laughs> why, why would you reject Jesus? Why, why, why would you reject God for, for provision of a king? Is that what you want? Well, my Bible also says, but my God shall supply all their needs. According to his, that, that, like, did they not see that the, that the God who brought manna from heaven was always and would always supply their very need? Rather than reflecting on that, they said, Give us a king. The beginning of the monarchy, they, they say, Enough with the judges, enough with these small leaders. We, we want a king. But they're rejecting the king of kings for an earthly king. Here's, here's what's interesting, and, and this is what I kind of want to settle this sermon on. It, I think some of us think that making other kings is just, you know, this overtly declaration of, I don't want you as king anymore. But I, I would say that it, it actually doesn't happen like that. It's, it's because we, we, we'll, we'll say and we'll declare Jesus is Lord. He's, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. But, but all these other little areas, I know what's best for me. All, all these other little thrones of my heart, I, I'll, I'll put the king there. I, I, I think it's, it's three ways. I, that, that I kind of see it, and you might see it that way or you may not, but I'll just share mine. There, there, there are three ways. There's the, the inadvertently declaring of, uh, of a king, right? It's, 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 it's 
by accident. Like you, you, you genuinely didn't know. And so, you know, that's sometimes it, it usually functions with, with babes in Christ. That you just, you just, you became a Christian and you just don't have any idea of what was right and wrong. Now, if you are a new, you know, Christian, get wisdom, right? You can ask somebody. You ain't got This ain't got to be your story, right? But, but some of us, we've lived through that. We just, we genuinely didn't know and we went and we did, right? But, but then there's, there's also the passive person who just is like, you know, if the wind blows me left, so shall I go. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the carefree person, you know, the, the one, you know, frolicking in the lilies and the, the daisies and slapping them high five, you know what I mean? Th those type of people. It's just like, you know, if, if it sticks in my life, well, I'm with it, you know what I mean? Right? But, but, but that, that's sometimes how we function. We're, we're, we're like, hey, man, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to make a full decision on this. I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm just going to let it happen. It's like you're saying something without saying anything. You're making the decision without saying anything. Right? So we don't need to be the, 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 the one who doesn't understand, who doesn't know, and we don't need to be the person who's just letting life happen to us. Okay? Make the decision. Say, Lord, I need you to be king over everything. Right? But then there's also this person. Remember, it's a, we're doing this together, okay? If you can't say amen, say ouch. It's the secretive person. The one who says, ah, oh, man, this, this little thing ain't going to hurt nobody. Y'all got quiet, see? You, 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 you say, man, if I, if I just look at this one time, it, it, won't, it, won't, it won't just mess anything up, right? It's just, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's the, um, um, man, I just, just one look ain't that bad. Like, if I just if I had just a little bit of that, that wouldn't send me to hell, would it? Right, it's, it's the person who, who, he just, who lives the secret life. And, 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 and li literally, all these little thrones become big thrones and overtake your life. Here it is. The, the, the Israelites have no, listen, though they lost some battles, they have no reason to ask for a king because even in them losing, even in them uh, um, um, uh, uh, getting the, the ark taken from them and, and all these things and, and, and food not being provided, the Lord was still providing for them. Yes. Time and time again, the Lord was working and gnawing and doing things on their behalf. And what they say is, I see all that and I'm okay. I don't want it anymore. All because I need a king who I can feel. King I can see. This is what I want to do, and I'm done. Ways we've intentionally or unintentionally rejected God. I, I want to, I want to, listen, I love a good hoop as much as the wrestling, but this ain't one of them sermons. This is what I want you to walk away with. What areas in your life have you been like Israel and said, Give us a king. I don't have time to finish the story, but, but, but briefly, they literally, Samuel is, is, God, the Lord tells Samuel, hey man, tell, yes, go to them, listen to them, but tell them exactly what's about to happen when they get a king. I just want to read it for, for a second. He says, he will take, verse 11. 
He can appoint, verse 12. He can take, verse 13. He can take, verse 14. He can take, verse 15. He can take, verse 16. He can take, verse 17. He's, he, he, say, he says, tell them, warn them, and look, look, look at what they say. Verse 18, when that day comes, you will cry out because of a king you've chosen for yourselves. But the Lord won't answer you on that day. Verse 19, watch it. The people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said. We must have a king. Then we'll be like all the other nations. Our king will judge us, go out before us, and fight our battles. You rejected the true king for a king who will eventually mess up just as bad as any other king. What are ways in which we have intentionally or unintentionally rejected Jesus as king? Here's some, here's some ways that as you identify this week, whatever, you go back through your notes. Here's, here's some ways you, you, you might see it. We, we reject God for ourselves. We say, I am my own God. None of y'all say that because y'all good Christians. Favored by God, amen. But we act like it. I am my own anchor. Here's another one. Um, God of our own making. We treat it like Build-A-Bear. You know, like, it, like, you know, as long as God is patient, I love that God. But here's the funny thing. We, we say that as long as God's patient. But God ain't being patient to you for you not to be patient to somebody else. As long as God's patient to me, I ain't got Forgive? No. Don't want it. Right? We, we, we want his justice. Lord, we praying like David. Kill them all. But he had mercy on you when he should have took you out. Y'all quiet. All right. We, let me keep moving. We, 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 uh, we, we um, whew, this is hard to. We reject God for other people. You change how you move in order to please whoever it is. You, you want them to approve you. Of you, you want their approval, so you'll 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 move differently outside of the ways you normally respond. Here's another one: worldly succession or success. You you do all that you can or whatever to achieve that thing. It's a grind, but it has nothing to do with God. As long as I could get to the top. I'll rob this person to pay that person. I'll, cut, I'll be cutthroat over here to make sure that I can do what I need to do over here. 
Lastly, social media. We we uh we want the likes. And so we'll dress up faking the funk just so people can like us. Just so we can present ourselves as being something that we're really not. We've rejected God when we select these things. And watch this. A lot of times it's not overtly. It's matters of the heart. We've made those small decisions that change over time. It takes our heart from loving and honoring and seeing him as holy. We, we come in here. We, we just got done at a high moment. Holy, holy, righteous, holy, worthy, all the things. But don't live that way. All because we think we know what's best. So we ask for a different king. Where in your life have you intentionally or unintentionally rejected the king? Here's, here's, here's the beautiful part, because this is not for everybody. But those who have accepted it, you should rejoice. We acknowledge Jesus as king only because he acknowledges us as children. If he doesn't acknowledge us as his own, we would never be able to see him for who he is. The beautiful part about this is we have a God who loved us enough that while we were yet sinners, my prayer for you today is to identify the areas in your life that you have said, like the elders of Israel, give us a king like all the other nations. Here it is. It's his rightful throne to be at every part, every throne. Jesus needs to be the center of all of you. Everything you do goes through him. Everything you, you, you say should be sprinkled with, with, with seasoning. You, you should be willing to run to the opportunities to live for Jesus Christ. You should be ready to repent. You should be ready to forgive because he's at the throne of your heart. I think we need to go back to the days where we, we wore our bracelets. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Because we make too many decisions on our own, and we then, oh, this is the part, I'm done. We make decisions on our own, and then we say, God, why you got me in this? But if we were more like Samuel, and took our ideas and our thoughts to God, how would our lives look? What does it look like for you and I to be anchored in the right king? Though the storms come your way, the winds blow and the rain falls, beats against your house, how do you live in the storm, in the perfect storm, the one that God has put in your life? How do you live out what it means to be anchored?
when the weather is not ideal. I close with this. There are um, catacombs in Rome, those tunnels underneath the ancient city where many of the, uh, the early Christians were buried. And there are three symbols on, on these Christians' tombs. One is a dove, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit. The, the other one is a fish. It's the Greek word that, that stands for the words uh, of Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior. Th then there's the last one, which is an ark, or an anchor, I'm sorry. Uh, anchor came from the idea of Christians were that, that Christians were going through difficulty, but they were anchored in the Lord. Is, is, is that what you display? That you have been anchored in the right king? Was it just a, a moment where you said, man, I trusted Jesus, but you've made all these other kings? Or, or do you live out the way where you can say, where people can, can actually stand at your grave site or, or even before your, your grave at, at birthdays and say, man, you have been one who is faithful to God. You have been anchored in him. Or have you selected other kings in the place of your God? Our hope in Christ is like an anchor for our soul. The old hymn writer said it this way, once upon a tide I drifted with no guide to yonder shore, but I found a side once rifted where I'm safe forevermore. Chorus goes on to say, I am anchored, safely anchored, anchored never more to roam, anchored by the side of Jesus, anchored in the soul's bright home. You're looking at me and saying, man, that, that hymn means nothing to me. Well, I got another one for you. Though the storms keep raging in my life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day, still that hope that, li that lies within is, is a, a reassure as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore. I know he'll lead me safely to the blessed place he has prepared. But if the storms don't cease, and if the winds keep blowing, my soul, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual emphasis.